Hello. Welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And this week, we are headed to the Danger Zone. I got a need, a need for speed. <laughs> we're talking Top Gun Maverick. I feel like we're so late on this now. It's been yeah. nearly nearly a month since this movie came out. Life's just been crazy, and we originally had plans to talk uh, with Joe from Kyber Culture about this movie, but kind of just fell through due to different schedules and everything. But here we are. We have to talk about it. It's like the movie of the summer. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we if we miss on this one, it's like what do we even stand for? Um, but yeah, how are things? Let's just catch up because. We did an episode on <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers, you know. Yeah. That was kind of just like a, let's talk a random ass movie. But this is a, a big one. So what have you been up to? It's officially the first day of summer. I mean, literally nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. I just wanted I, to make it more exciting than it was. I mean, the only really exciting thing I have done um, was I went to go see an improv show. Um, by a company called The Understudies here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. They did a mixed bag improv show um, where they just had a bunch of uh, th- people come up on stage and do improv. Like, Did you do improv? No. Oh. Um, they had a, a cast. That oh, okay. They, gotcha, gotcha. Had, uh, th- they did auditions, and then the cast worked together for like a couple months, and then they put on the show. Because gotcha. like just jumping up and doing improv with a group of people you don't know usually doesn't end well. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've I attempted it in like high school and it was fun, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call myself good at it. Well, it's just because like if you know someone, it's much easier. Like you and I can have a stupid fake conversation for probably three minutes mm-hmm. and just keep going. Um, but if you're with a complete random stranger, it's kind of hard to be on the same page in that kind of way to pick up on each other's humor and, and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. So. um... Yeah, so I went to go see the show. Uh, it was a really good show. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I went and saw it with my friend Taryn. Um, yeah, I, I I really implore people to go see theater this summer because it's summer and that's when most theater is happening. Um, and especially since COVID, people have had a lot of time to work on these shows and make them happen. I saw a really good show called um, I Am The Cheese, uh, which was done. It's a fantastic title. A great title. Um, which is done by a, uh, a, I can't remember the guy's name, but also one of the co-writers of it was, or the co-collaborators on it was, uh, one of my old professors, uh, from Dalhousie. And so I went to go see it and it was an incredible show, blew me away. Um, so definitely go check out theater. If you've got theater going on around you or, um, they, you get the opportunity to go see a show and you're like, ah, I don't know, go out and support those people. Cause they spent a lot of time working on their shows and, since the pandemic's over now, we can do full theaters and everything. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like an industry that was like crippled by the pandemic. Yeah, so literally. it's like, that's nice. Uh, I saw the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, or the Rocky Horror Show, I think it's just what nope, they're calling Rocky it. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is that what they're calling is the it? Full, uh, no, the, sorry, the picture show is the movie. That's what I was going to say, because they, they removed the picture. But yeah. I saw the, the local Neptune Theater production of uh, Rocky Horror, and it was great stuff. Just mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss, fantastic. I'm seeing it this week. This is the last week it's there. I haven't had a chance to go see it. I'm going to see it this week. Do you have your tickets? No. All right, maybe I'll come with you. No. Maybe we'll, we'll make it happen a second time. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but no, yeah, for me, it's just been chill. Just a lot of movies, but um, it was my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm 22. Disturbed by that. We started this podcast when I was like <laughs> newly 20, so mm-hmm. it's just like really fucking weird to me that I'm 22. It's my Taylor Swift birthday. Yeah. 
It was nice. It was chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as you get older, birthdays kind of lose like the grandness of them, and you kind of have to make that for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a nice, relaxing day, and then we went out this weekend and had fun for it. So it's just been a relaxing week, you know. I've I've fully become an old man in my age because I don't care about birthdays I know. anymore. Yeah, same. Which is I don't. It's not like upsetting to me. I'm not like, oh man, I'm miss- missing on the childlike wonder of my birthday. It's just like. It's a day. I spend every single day caring about me. Why do I need to spend another day caring about me a little bit more? This is the you day know? for you. You're like, every day is for me. Yeah, I, I spend every day like my birthday. Right. What are you talking about? I feel like the the grandness for me for birthdays is just the fact that everyone is just like coming up to you and approaching you and like wishing you happy birthday. Yeah. But then I just kind of realize it's just another day. It's just really nice to be approached by everyone. Mm, um but yeah, okay, let's get into Top Gun. I was like looking at news, and I was like, there's nothing good. There's no movie news I to mean, talk about. The only little thing uh, that I'll mention that I just thought of, um, Hayden and I were talking about what episodes we're going to be doing, and we want to do a Stranger Things Season 4 episode, mm-hmm. um, but we want to wait till the second volume comes out, which the trailer just came out today. Did you watch it? I did watch it. I did not watch it. Oh. Um, should what I watch it? You should. Okay. Um, we'll watch it after this, but... Uh, essentially kind of what it's setting up is it's just kind of like this is the final fight like big finale vibes epic thing yeah you know um we don't really see anything super crazy or interesting other than like um the teens are gonna go uh, the four teens that were in the upside down and then just came out they're going back in nice um you see like uh a lot of people a lot of people are theorizing or you see some crazy stuff that's going on in Russia too it looks like uh the Russia line is storyline is going to stay in Russia for a bit okay um, cool or maybe at least for the first couple episodes um but what it seems to be setting up and what a lot of people are saying is uh that it seems to be setting up like a lot of people are going to die Ugh. Um, i and i a wouldn't, lot. i wouldn't be surprised uh, uh, let's not we won't talk names and theories of who's gonna die but no. I, I will I, I'm so excited to talk about Stranger Things this season has been really good yeah and we were originally actually I think we mentioned on the last episode that we were gonna do Stranger Things next and then we were like why would we do a Stranger Things season four episode just to come back a month from now and talk yeah. two more episodes mm-hmm. uh but I I can't wait for it and I I do think we're gonna get some deaths I don't want people well, to die but it's just because there's a line where Robin it it, it uh what was it the directors of it said that um this season is probably the most action-filled season uh this finale essentially and so uh there's a line that everyone's talking about in the trailer where robin goes that it just feels like uh some of us might not make it back or something like that along the lines like we've done some crazy shit but this kind of feels like we might not survive it right you know and so who knows that's it's gonna be crazy i think it's really weird the way they split the season up where there were like seven episodes and then two more Mm -hmm. um but i think the reason they did it is because these last two are gonna be like constant action you're like like moving for like four hours straight yeah so i think that's kind of why they probably split it up like this i have high hopes i hope we don't get cliffhangered too heavily for season five Oh right, yeah. Yeah, everyone. It's so funny talking about this new season of Stranger uh, Stranger Things with people because everyone's like, "This is the ending. This is like for well, sure the ending." It's because they were like, "We're gonna this next season's gonna be the finale," and then they took season four and broke it up into two seasons. So everyone was like, "Oh, the second season of season four, which is technically just season five, 
No, this is still season four. I know, have, oh, but okay. I'm talking about like breaking it up, breaking right. up in these two episodes. It people are like, oh, that's the finale. Because why would you, like you said, it's kind of weird to put two episodes by themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So everyone is thinking that, but then we're like, oh, there's another season. There's gonna be like another nine episodes of the show. Like it's so. I guess. Yeah, things I are. We'll be interested to see where they go from here. I know it feels so conclusive. It feels like they're really yeah, ending. This, this whole season's mm-hmm. felt like a big bad, like the ending of the show. So it's like, I don't really know where they're gonna go from here with like the fifth season. Yeah. How do you? one up this villain he's quite literally like he, he just feels like the finale you know yeah exactly so i think it's uh i think it's kind of weird but i don't know I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they how they bring it all around mm-hmm. um let's get into top gun at this point because i just feel like there's there's a lot to get into um what do you think of the original top gun before we talk talk maverick and everything like that uh, I like the original Top Gun. You you don't like it as much as I do, but I here's the thing about the original Top Gun. The original Top Gun is an '80s action movie, and the big things about these '80s action movies that are missing from a lot of movies I think today are like the um epic rock intro musics of like an '80s band, a very popular '80s band making a song for the movie. Yeah, that was and a huge '80s thing. It, like these days, you get a couple songs by a couple artists, but like that specifically, you got an epic rock intro to this entire movie, plus other great songs within the movie. Um, it's got very broy bromances, mm-hmm. very broy moments. Um, but I love '80s action movies because they're cheesy in a lovable way. The characters don't have to be the most in-depth, struggling with all their real-life problems. It is just an 80s action movie for you to have fun with. And I think the original one shows that. Yes, it's not the peak cinema we see today, Mm -hmm. um, and the plot isn't any, is like barely anything. It's, yeah, it's so non-existent. It's just like fellas it's very much doing just, flight training. Exactly. Fellas doing f- flight training, and they're competitive bros. And there's uh, some tension of just, I want to be the best pilot. Uh, not um, just, I want to be the best pilot. Those dudes. I want to be the best masculine man. Those man. dudes just want to fuck. Like, that movie, have you heard about all the think pieces about, like, Top Gun is super gay? Oh, yeah. It's well, super gay. That's, that's <laughs> the thing about these... 80s action movies because yeah, you get it's just those, so masculine it's it's so masculine that we see it now in our day and age in our context and we're like that's gay mm-hmm. um not in a bad way no uh, just like but it just has some... those traits of just like brother love to a point where it's like are you guys gonna like bro it out or <laughs> right. fuck it out i'm yeah. so confused there is some some tension between val kilmer and tom cruise in that first movie and i'm like i'm here for it but yeah it's certainly there but that's just like uh, you'll see you see that in 80s fashion think about men's shorts in the 80s yeah they were so short and it was like the short shorts the short sleeve shirts to show off the muscles Mm -hmm. like uh the iconic top gun mustache that everyone is rocking now including myself it's it's been brought back in full i can like barely grow facial hair and even i'm trying yeah um but it's just those that's how those movies were and Mm -hmm. i i i have a, a love for them because they're not trying they, there was there wasn't like the bar that's set now of like these amazing uh, crazy movies they are just movies that were made to be fun and enjoyable and that's mm. it yeah it's not marvel trying to one up their 3 hour ultimate movie with a 2 hour crazy cgi thing you right know? 
I don't think the first Top Gun is bad by any means. Um, I just think it's it's quite literally just an okay movie. You know, like I'm like, there's some stuff here to really like, but like the lack of plot, the really bad chemistry between Tom Cruise and his love interest in that movie, just. I think I notice it more because the the love interest in this new movie is really good. Mm-hmm. So it feels a lot worse when you're revisiting that first Top Gun. Well, down. everything in this new movie is better than the that's, original. Yeah, so. we'll get into that. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's... The, the first Top Gun works for what it was and for the product of its time. Yeah. I think I kind of more so appreciate the pop, pop culture impact of Top Gun. And, like, mm. I think everyone kind of knows about Top Gun before they've seen it. You know, you've heard Danger Zone. You've heard Take My Breath Away. You are familiar with I've got a need for need for speed. You know, like mm-hmm. all that stuff is things that people know, um, regardless. So I think that Top, Top Gun is just kind of this thing that's ingrained into who we are as like a mm-hmm. as a society. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's just like an okay movie. You know, like I think mm-hmm. it's just like the the level of praise and love for what it meant at the time makes it kind of weird to revisit now because it's just mm-hmm. fine. Uh, but then we have something like Maverick come out. Where it's like, Ooh. well, for us, Maverick is like our Top Gun of the '80s. Yes, you're right. Where if you were, I I still hear people talk about like Top Gun's one of the best movies. It's so epic and so cool, and it's like, yeah, but this is way better. And they, those same people will be like, okay, yes, yes, sure, yeah. But in in my day and age, Top Gun was where it was at. But yes, Maverick. Ooh. It's uh, I think it's like a thing of the time, right? It's like at that time, those aerial scenes looked so crazy. But now you have something like Maverick, which does it ten times better, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, and it's just like it just completely excels. To be honest, Maverick is just the original Top Gun. Uh, but with, really good. Like dusted off. The plot, honestly, uh, it feels very similar. But everything has um, been brought up like a hundred levels. You yeah. Know? Like, so after all these delays, Top Gun Maverick was supposed to come out back in early 2020, maybe ending of 2019. And then it got delayed for production reasons. And then it got delayed like three times because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And there's been so many movies that have just pulled trigger and been like, damn, we can't wait any longer. We need to just get this movie out into theaters. We need to just like make something off of it. Mm -hmm. And I think Paramount was so fucking smart for just being like, "Uh uh-uh, we're vaulting this one. We're waiting for, like, a really big summer, and we're going to just throw this out whenever it's safe to throw it out again. Yeah. Like, do you, I feel like this is a decision that's really paid off for them. Do you, like, agree that this is, like, they they, they won here? This was, like, the smart choice. Yes. Um, I want to say that even if it did get released during the pandemic, people would have still gone to theaters to see it, but that's doubtful. Mm-hmm. I would have just been, like, an at-home thing that he would have watched. So I think it's smart for them to kind of hold on to it until now. Imagine watching that movie at home for the first time yeah i just i couldn't imagine if they were like top gun maverick streaming on apple tv plus 2020 nope would have been a miserable experience Mm -hmm. um okay so like just i want to get into tom cruise for a sec before we get back to the movie and before we get into all our thoughts about top gun maverick point in his career because he's done so many different types of careers he's done like dramas He's done uh, comedies, mm-hmm. and for the last like twenty years, Tom Cruise has been like the big action guy. Do you think that that's like his his, his good signature thing? One hundred percent. Yeah, me too. One hundred percent. He's a there great actor. But Mission Impossible, I watch every Mission Impossible and love him every single time. I like um, literally Tom Cruise in any action role. I'm here for it, mm-hmm. regardless. It is what he's best at. He is 
a fucking crazy guy. He's got um uh he's got a pilot's license, a boat license, most commercial air vehicles he can fly. He's got a realtor's license just out of nowhere. He's just out here. Um just he's got a stunt driving it. license. Like the man literally is an adrenaline junkie. Um, so I think he fits so well into these movies because this character did not feel like the original character from Top Gun. It just felt like Tom Cruise. Right. Because he's an, an adrenaline junkie who pushes it to the limit and does what he does best for the craft. Yeah. Like, goes as hard as he can for the craft. This We're talking about the guy who literally, during one of his stunts for Mission Impossible, jumped across the roof, broke his ankle, just and kept got going. up and kept going. Yeah, next like, level. So the parallels are identical. I just see Tom Cruise. He's to the, be honest. He's the and that's only. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. No. Totally. And like I think, I'm with you. He's such a presence in general on screen, regardless of what genre you put him in. But you put him in an action movie, and he's so committed. Yeah. He is so into it, and I just think like, the the he he's so focused on giving audiences the spectacle that they deserve. He's like, this mm-hmm. has to be real. We're not going to fake everything. We, you know, like we have to really make these movies mm-hmm. or else we're going to get to a point where everything can be fake. He's like, so yeah, I'll hang from the side of a plane. I'll send myself off a cliff. Yeah. I'll fly a jet. He's like, someone has to do it for these movies. Mm-hmm. And I just have such a respect for that. Do I have a respect for Scientology? Absolutely not. <laughs> but well. I think, uh, I think Tom Cruise as an action movie and as a, Screen presence is just unlike so many other celebrities. Mm-hmm. I, I I just had to give him the shout out because this movie is through and through his. Even when they're like, we have the next generation, we have Miles Teller. I'm like, nah, this is still Tom Cruise's movie, guys. Yeah. Miles Teller's very good in it, but it's definitely Tom Cruise's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is the way that this movie kind of just does the Top Gun thing all over again, mm-hmm. but like excels at it. It takes that that same thing. And just makes it way better. So, like, yeah, this is pretty much the same movie. Yeah. Do you think that that's, like, an effective choice to pretty much just, like, do a reboot, essentially? I mean... It's a sequel, but also a reboot, you know? Literally, when you think about the original Top Gun, there's not much of a plot anyways. So, you take the same... Essentially, when you're trying to make a movie to feel like Top Gun... You give it a new, you give it somewhat of a new plot, but it still feels the same because the original one didn't really have much of a plot in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just all about the relationships and the characters and stuff. So I think it's super effective. Like I think it's a great idea because you, a the people who watch the original Top Gun get those same Top Gun vibes, this, those characters that they remember, just with a new little spin on it. Um, but the people who have never seen Top Gun, the original, still get the experience of Top Gun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. Is I've been recommending this people to, or this movie to so many people who haven't even seen the first Top Gun, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really think you need to. Like, if you have, mm-hmm. you'll get a lot more out of the Iceman scene, you know, with with yeah. Val Kilmer. Um, and there's a lot of fun callbacks that would really excite you if you've seen that original. But aside from that, it's a like all you really need to know is like this guy has been a pilot for forty years. And now yeah. he needs now he needs to train the next generation of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that doing it like that is a very smart way of doing it because it allows you to take the core and the bones of that first movie and be like, all right, we're gonna blow away the action, we're gonna add some emotion, we're gonna give you a great love interest, and we're just gonna kind of like take all these pieces that kind of work in that first talk and really bring them home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of just the smartest way to make a movie like this. Yeah. Uh, now I want to talk Miles Teller because I mentioned him. And I was like, this is Tom Cruise's movie. Kind of mm-hmm. sounded like I was shitting on him. I'm not shitting on him. Miles Teller, I've been seeing him everywhere right now. He was in, he's in The Offer. 
Uh, he's in that new movie, Spiderhead. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen it yet. I checked it out the other day. It's, it's also directed by the guy who did this movie, actually. and it's Very ex machina. Very. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of... You can tell it's a COVID movie, so it's weird to watch Top Gun Maverick, which is this big, epic, like, huge cast movie, and then mm-hmm. Joseph Kaczynski's, Kaczynski's next movie is, like, two people in a room, you yeah. know? Uh, but I do think Miles Teller is very good in that. And I want to give him some credit here because one thing for me that doesn't, that didn't ever really affect me while watching that first Top Gun movie is the death of Goose. I was like, damn, like he's clearly been around, but he's in like 30 minutes of that movie. He dies so quickly. And I, I wasn't. I know, but still. It didn't do it for me, man. I All felt, right. what I felt was the, the, obviously I felt that the Maverick character was hurting, but mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know this guy. I can't like grieve him. I don't know him. And I feel like this movie does such a good job to bring that, not only the goose character back around, even though he's not in it, he's dead, uh, but using his son and his son's grief and anger Mm -hmm. towards Maverick as kind of a vessel to explore that. I felt like it really brings that death in the first movie back around in a really emotionally impactful way. Mm -hmm. And that's all resting on Miles Teller. So like, what did you think of his performance and how do you feel like he carries on kind of that, that Goose character into this new movie? I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I had issues with it, though. Just slight ones. I I wasn't a huge fan of the... And I'm never a huge fan, personally, of this character trait that I feel like this character had. Where characters get so... Um, it isn't... Overwhelmed isn't the right word. Um when like you watch a character just like stare into stare forward not say a word and like just the music is very tense Mm -hmm. and like clearly something's going on with them i think that's like a really overused trope that i don't really enjoy in characters anymore because i'm like i want to know what you feel why are you saying nothing and just staring intensely at the camera because if you can't convey how you're feeling through that it doesn't work as well And i think i found that um miles teller's I'm upset or I'm bottling up my emotions like an intense man face was very just bland. Mm. But it happened a, quite a bit. Like yeah, he does make that face a lot. You're where right. Where they're flying through, uh, closer to the end, where they're flying through the ravine and they're like, you gotta speed up, you gotta speed up. And he's just sitting there and not saying anything. I know, and everyone's talking to him. He's like, he's I'm not- sorry, are you not one of the best pilots in the U.S. Navy Air Force right. who is just flying a plane on a mission and not talking to your teammates He's got in a life anxiety. or death situation? It's the ominous anxiety. <laughs> if it's joking. an ominous anxiety, he shouldn't be on the team. Yeah. So, Fair th- point. I, and I understand it's also part of his character's backstory of his dad and not trusting uh, Maverick, but, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, you are in a fighter plane. I don't think he's going to be concerned about his anxiety at the moment. Right. He's probably more concerned about, am I going to die? I should probably say something to my teammates who need my help, you know? So, like, you just feel like there was a way to show his grief and anger towards Maverick without having him just be so solemn and kind of blank-faced. Exactly. Fair enough. Like, I, I agree. give his character, I don't know, a scene with one of the other pilots where he really starts talking about his issues going on. Because... If you think about it, the only scene that Miles Teller actually talks about uh, his hatred towards Maverick because of his father, there is a single scene for about maybe 30 seconds where he says it to Maverick, and that's it. Yeah. Like, we don't 
I, I what you felt with Goose in the last one, I feel, feel it a bit with true. Miles Teller okay. until we get to like the very end mm-hmm. when they become buddies uh, after he goes back to rescue him. You know, so like I would have just liked a little bit more um, uh, character to Miles Teller if if that's the kind of route we're going with with his character. I just want to know a little bit more about. Uh, Sure, um, Maverick put him back in like uh, his military training, but it held him back three years. I think they say or something. Yeah, like held that. him back three years. But like, tell me how that makes you feel towards Maverick, other than just mad, right? You know, yeah. Give me a little bit more if you want to really go into this character a bit more. Um, I, I do agree, and I do think that's a, a bit of the problem you run into when your movie is so like unabashedly like fuck yeah, Tom Cruise, Mm -hmm. is, like, the characters in this movie, I do feel, are far more developed than the side characters in in the first movie. Oh, yeah. Um, But that's the double-edged sword of, like, when your movie's just, like, spending so much time with Tom Cruise and you're trying to sell me on the emotional weight of this other character, Mm -hmm. but you're spending all the screen time with Tom Cruise, I can't fully get behind it. I feel like Miles Teller does pull his weight and he does kind of do what he can to bring that. But I, I do think that maybe some more characterization for that character wouldn't have been a bad thing. Because, like, even Hangman, I had a, I did, like, I hated Hangman. He was an asshole. Yeah, he's just doing the Val Kilmer thing, too. And, and he, yeah, exactly. He's just doing the Val Kilmer thing, but he does it where, in my opinion, it outshines Miles Teller and all the other characters. Right. Um, not saying that he is better in any way to them, but it just makes it, in my mind, Miles Teller is placed in the side character, or not, yeah, like the side character category. We've got like main character Maverick, secondary characters like Hangman or Val Kilmer. Or the love interest. Well, or the love don't interest. Know why I'm her name, and but. then it kind of just, all of the other pilots, which also I would have loved to know because like, for example, Bob's a great character that barely gets any screen time. I know. Same with like, uh, oh, what was that other duo? The guys who go on the final mission who fly in the same plane. Um, uh, it's like Hawk or something. Oh, uh, War Warlock and. Am I? I might be wrong. No, no, Hawk. never mind. Yeah, we're gonna just do this for a minute, but. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. know which characters you're talking about. Yeah. So those characters were super interesting too. I would have loved to get to know them a bit more. Like, um, we already kind of know Tom Cruise's character, so maybe tone it down just a touch on the Tom Cruise and let us know these other characters. Yeah. Um, but that being said, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, and, you know, you got to kind of give him the st- a spotlight <laughs> I when feel, it's his movie. Right. I feel like if Tom Cruise wasn't, you know, household A-list celebrity Tom Cruise, there's an alternate version of this movie that would have been equally as good that focuses almost entirely on the new generation yeah with maverick kind of taking a back seat and kind of being the supporting character i like this movie exactly the way we got it and i mm-hmm. do love that we spend so much time with maverick uh it is called top gun maverick to be fair oh yeah but you know i do think that either versions of those movies are good i think mm-hmm. that's a testament to how, how great this movie is though it's like you could have made a movie with the other characters who are the side characters and it would have been just as good and it would have been just as good yeah um while we're on it, I did kind of want to ask. You just mentioned it, but I kind of want to just go into it a little bit more. The other side characters, like Bob mm-hmm. and uh, and Phoenix, and just kind of there's a whole bunch of them. So I'll go through a couple of their names. But there's uh, Monica Barbaro as Phoenix, Lewis Pullman as Bob, Glenn Powell as Hangman, um, John Hamm joining as Vice Admiral Cy- mm-hmm. uh, Bo Cyclone. Uh, he's he's doing the asshole thing. I'm a big fan of John Hamm, but yeah. he's just doing the asshole thing here. Uh, it's a really big cast, and there's a whole bunch of people that are 
playing the new generation, but what did you like think of them next to Tom Cruise? I know we already kind of... Like I just said, I thought they were great. And yeah, I totally more... think they could have had their own movie where it was them and Tom Cruise was in a more side role and it would have been just as good. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because I, I really liked the Bob character. And yeah. I, I totally agree with you saying, like, I wish we got more of him. Because mm-hmm. he starts the movie as the butt of the joke and they're all kind of fucking with them. And then he, by the end of the movie, it's like everyone has so this huge respect towards him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that character totally deserved more screen time. He was really 100%. Good. Yeah. The mission is a big issue for me. I know we mentioned the plot. And that's not actually an issue. The fact that they're just hanging out and doing their own thing doesn't really bother me in the first Top Gun. But the mm-hmm. fact that I don't have any idea what the actual mission is or, like, what they're aiming to do or, like, why they're even doing it, like, that's a big issue for me in the first one. I don't mind that they're kind of just vibing. But mm-hmm. I do mind that I have no idea what the stakes are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this one has a... They must have recognized that, that that's a problem with the first movie because they, like, very clearly hammer home what this new mission is, why they're doing it, and, like how important it is. And mm-hmm. I feel like from the very beginning, I was so engaged in this plot by making it so simple and by making it so easy to follow along with a big issue in mainstream action movies is just like the head scratching. And they're like, I'm so fucking confused as to what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And this movie does not have that at all. It's like, they're going to fly in. They have to go down these very tight co- corners around like the mountains and through the mountains and everything. And then they mm-hmm. have to blow something up. And then go up a very, very, very steep climb that is, like, hard Mm -hmm. to do because it makes you pass out. And that's pretty much it. That's Mm -hmm. all they really have to do. And I feel like just that's a very smart way of engaging the audience in this relatively simple task and and raising the stakes for it. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about, like, just how bare bones that that structure is there? Um, I think that it's great. Um, I think, like, to be honest, it's... It has. I, I find it has some of those elements. I, I can agree with you that I don't really remember what the first, uh, what the mission of the first Top Gun was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that yeah, they definitely hammer home exactly what uh, is going on here. And I also find it interesting that uh, in movies now we've gone from uh, naming countries most of the time with the U.S. Whenever they fight someone, it's Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how we've gone from naming who our enemy is to tell me tell me what the name who they were fighting in Top Gun like who are they fighting uh, so, yeah they never I have say no clue. it I know they never say it because it's just like we don't want to do that anymore I guess um, but yeah it's it's just very simple uh, very basic it drives the point of why Maverick needs to come back mm-hmm. it works he's the only person who can really showcase and, and get it through to everybody how mm-hmm. to do this mission and you know what I always find funny about movies like this? Hmm. When they're like, they're like, we brought you back, but we don't trust you. I, yeah, it's like, and it's then like, why bring them back? It's like, you do, you have to be the one to teach them. And then he goes to teach them, and they're like, we don't like your ways. And it's like, why'd you let him teach them in the first place? Right. I, I love, these days, I love stupid government because it's so... It's so predictable, mm-hmm. um, especially in movies like this. Because, like, John Hamm, he doesn't even have a character. Dude, he is angry military man. This role is so beneath him. And the, I know. I, the reason he took it is probably because he was like, I get to act alongside Tom Cruise and be in a Top Gun movie. Hell yeah. Mm. Um, 
but it's a very bare bones, like non character. He's yeah. really just there to be like, hey, Maverick, I got my eye on you, shithawk. It's like, yeah, literally. damn, man. Like, you you really just showed up on set and just played the asshole. He went from DoorDash commercials to this. Oh, those DoorDash commercials are cursed. <laughs> I still get them, like, every time I go on YouTube. Well, I know there was a recent one that he was in where he was, I can't remember what he was talking about. I think it was a commercial for Apple TV or something. But he's, like, showing all the actors who are on Apple TV originals and, like, movies that are on Apple TV. And he's like, why not me yet? And I'm like, because you've been doing DoorDash commercials, (laughs) man. You haven't been in a movie in, like, a year and a half. Yeah. And then you did a movie and you didn't play a character. Exactly. No, but I I do like John Hamm a lot. And I think he's obviously good with Mm -hmm. the very little he has here. Uh, Yeah. He plays the asshole government military dude very well. But it's just, it's not a character. Yeah. Um, Same thing kind of with Ed Harris who is a really great seasoned actor, but kind of just shows up in the movie at the beginning to be like, we need you back, Maverick. And then mm-hmm. Maverick like flies a jet over his head in a very incredible shot. Yeah. And then he's just gone from the movie. Uh, fun fact about that shot, the building beside it, it wasn't actually supposed to like, the top kind of comes yeah. off. It wasn't supposed to do that. It just like the jet actually lifted it off because of how fast it destroyed that entire set. That was the only shot they got of that scene. Hey, it worked out. That yeah. shot's incredible. And, like, I think they realized probably right away because that's, like, the final shot in the trailer. That was, like, the big shot that they mm-hmm. hooked everyone on. They probably knew right away. Yeah. Um, But as you had just mentioned a second ago, uh, I really like that they're not really fighting anyone specific. Mm. I think it's a smart way of, like, not dating your movie. You know, like, a, a, if they had been, like, it's this year and we're fighting this person. It just mm-hmm. immediately, like, 20 years from now, you'd watch it and you'd be like, oh, okay, this is such a time period, you know? And I think by having it just be this unidentified threat, it doesn't call out a direct person or a group of people, and it doesn't really date the movie. It just allows you to be like, all right, let's just kill these dudes. They're just dead punching bags now. I I, I agree with that, but I think the movie dates itself anyways. It's impossible not to. It calls back to the original Top Gun, which mm-hmm. did have a date. Yeah, true. It also calls back to the song Great Balls of Fire, which dates it immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good point. So... As uh, as timeless as the enemy makes it, there are some things in here where it's like callbacks to this and that and years of planes and types of planes that are outdated now, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like those callbacks, though, and those throwbacks to the original Top Gun. Me too. I was actually – that's actually my next thing in my notes is I was going to say like we just saw a movie last week. I'm about, to, I'm about to call out a movie. We just saw a movie last week that – shamelessly calls back to older movies in a really shitty like not creative way at all that movie is jurassic world dominion oh uh, oh i was confused yeah i was like dragging it out Mm. that movie is not like as nearly as bad as people are saying it is it's not good at all but it's definitely not like a total misfire it's better than the previous one anyways we're not talking jurassic uh world i'm just saying that the callbacks in that movie are really forced and really bad and really bland and I just spent the entire time being like, please, I don't need you to put a Barbasol can on screen in my in my sixth Jurassic Park movie. Like, I know what mm-hmm. you're doing. And on the other hand, um, a movie that had released in theaters at the same time is Top Gun Maverick, which does those callbacks and that nostalgia in a earned, really enjoyable, rewarding way. Like, mm-hmm. they, Joseph Kaczynski is really smart with how he plays the big moments here that he knows audiences are waiting for. Danger Zone, start in the movie. Mm. is fucking smart he knows like all right get your ass in the chair we're about to play the thing that's about to get you here right Mm -hmm. and then he doesn't shamelessly call back it's like it's not like danger zone plays in every action movie or Mm. action scene throughout the movie it's kind of like it's used once it's used really well it's 
it's the mix of the using of the danger zone and the opening title credits. You yeah. never get those anymore with movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a in my opinion an immediate callback to the original movie. Yeah. And like the scene where all the planes are taken off and landing and all that stuff and direct reference to the first movie where that happened and him uh racing the motorcycle on the runway. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was that's also incredible shot and mm-hmm. I was just immediately like, "Yes, IMAX cinema were here." Um but yeah, no, the callbacks are really good. And, you know, that kind of does lead me into, like, the, the Val Kilmer scene, which mm. is, I would say, a callback. You know, it is, like, it's relevant to the plot, but I would say it's, there's a lot of mentions and references to the fir- first movie throughout that scene. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, Val Kilmer uh, has struggled with throat cancer since 2013, I believe it is. I could be wrong. Um, but he had a procedure that reduced his voice to a little more than the rasp and causes, like, major shortness of breath. He can't really speak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and so Tom Cruise was like, I'm not coming back from Africa unless Val Kilmer's there. He's like, that's kind of the only way you'll get me to come back and do this movie. But you can't really have Val Kilmer as a leading man anymore. Uh, and I think the way that they go about having him in this movie on screen and bringing the uh, Iceman character back is really good. I think mm. it's really emotional. Um, I think it's just really well done. And it's just really nice to basically watch Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer catch up after yeah. 37 years, you know? It feels like you're watching them do it, not the characters. And it's it's just a really nice scene. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you feel about how they brought that character back? Because he's kind of, for so many people, like the big thing in Top Gun. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, yo, fuck this movie if he's not in it. So, like, how do you feel about the way that they brought him around in this? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a great way to bring him back, even though he obviously could be leading man. Um very cool to see him again. Uh, super emotional scene between him and uh, Tom Cruise. Like, yeah. it was a really good scene. Um, I just didn't yeah. expect to be sitting in the theater like, kind of tearing up over a top, top Gun scene, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just a testament to, to how well they bring that character back. I, I have no connection with that first movie. I have no connection to the Iceman character. Mm. But I think the way that they kind of tie what's tragically happened to Val Kilmer in real life into that character and kind of bring it full circle with Maverick. I thought it was just really nice. And I think it's really effective stuff. I don't I, I, I see the, I feel the emotional character or the emotional weight between their characters too. Like me too. Oh yeah. Thinking yeah. about the fact of like how in the first Top Gun, they make up at the end and they're friends. And then we get to this one and, They've uh, stayed friends for Tom, decades. Tom Cruise is clear. Well, less friends and more yeah. like, um, uh, yeah, I guess friends is a good way to say it. Um, I don't really know how to describe their relationship because they're weird. like military buddies yeah, and it's friends weird. and co-workers and things. But like having seeing how Tom Cruise's character is so or Maverick is so addicted to the speed and everything that he hasn't uh, moved up in rank in like years, um, and seeing how Val Kimmer's character, who always wanted to be the best, continued to be the best and strived in his career to the point where he is, but there's still like that mutual respect between the two. Right. Uh, that was there in the first movie at the very end. So yeah, and I just love the way that they add some humor into that scene too. Where in the middle of that emotion, he's just like, I, th- I can't remember the exact line, but it's a joke about like, you know, I'm a better pilot. And then he's like, let's no, not ruin the moment. He was like, uh, so who do you think is was the better pilot? Right. And he's like, let's not ruin this moment. Yeah. Nice, just nice stuff and just really funny. Um, okay. So I, I feel like we've mentioned throughout this whole episode that we, this action, oh my God, Top Gun Maverick, the action, mm. it's so mind-blowing, so impressive. We got to like fully talk about it. We got to like really get into how impressive this shit is. 
and just how entertaining and like grand it is. Because mm. I've seen, you know, I watch a lot of action movies, and very commonly today, so many of them are just kind of big CGI fights. And I like that stuff. That's got a place in my heart as well sometimes. Um, but just when you get practical shit like this, and you get a movie that really brings the action back to basics of like what an action movie should be, mm-hmm. it just reminds you like, damn, this is so impressive. And like I think action filmmaking is truly one of the most impressive feats in filmmaking to be able to do some of the stuff that they do in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just was like, my jaw was absolutely dropped the entire time. Um, just, yeah, we'll get into some of the stuff that they actually did, but like, damn. Yeah. It's all super impressive. Like, um, the, the biggest ma- main thing for me is the, uh, filming of like them actually flying these planes, yeah, me feeling too. the G forces, having that camera right in the cockpit. It makes you feel like you are in the cockpit of the plane. You are there, you are feeling the speed, like all that kind of stuff. And so I think out of all of the scenes, any shot where they're in the planes is like one of my favorite because yeah. it's such a cool camera angle. Like having uh, a camera for the front, the person in the front of the plane and their co-pilot or like um, those scenes where uh, you've got Maverick doing the classic upside down over the other plane, yes, like them looking so at good. each other, super cool, all that kind of stuff. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Very good. I listened to Joseph Kaczynski talk about it and just how much they had to go through and what they had to do to try and get these shots. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it took them like an entire year. Just, oh, yeah. Because... Just, to, just to figure out how to get that camera in the cockpit the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Like they, they said that for like the entire year they struggled with like, we could get it in there. It just kind of looked like shit. Like we had mm-hmm. to try and figure out like beyond getting it in there, how to make it look like a shot that you would want to see in an IMAX theater, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to kind of come up with their own little rig to to get an IMAX camera in there. But then on top of that, you can't really see what's being filmed up there. The camera is up there and it's not like being able to monitor it down below with like a camera that's a couple feet away. So Joseph Kaczynski would just have to like let it all unfold up in the sky, just kind of watch them fly around and then come back down and be like, does it look the way we want it to? Mm -hmm. And then find out if they have to go back in the sky. I just think like, that's insane. That's so tedious to have to take each shot and then bring the plane back down open up the cockpit and then take the thing out of the camera and watch that. Like, I'm like, damn, it paid off. Those, mm-hmm. those shots are all so breathtaking. Yeah. You do feel like you're in the cockpit with them. And I, I think that also is a huge credit to like the sound design, which sound design. And also mm. like the fact that the actors were willing to learn how to fly those planes, yeah. like spend the time to actually fly those planes. Cause that's, fucking terrifying i would never do that <laughs> they are going so fast and one thing messes up they could die well they were learning to fly them but not in like obviously like con- like primary control or anything of course um but uh, like still like just even still. being an actor who's doing that like that's a lot of commitment to the role regardless you get to like two g's and you and if that crashes you're done for mm-hmm. like that is it yeah it's like yeah there's a trained pilot in there but i'm still like i could still die yeah you're going at insane speeds so it's like yeah no yeah and like tom cruise made them go through like five months of like rigorous pilot training yeah. you know like like each day like going through all that well like because the cast and crew oh, the cast i've seen a lot of interviews where they're talking about like they had to do insane workout regimens and um they would be like in between sets doing push-ups on on set because to be in those planes and to experience that force of gravity down upon you 
is so much on your body, you have to be in shape. Plus, like, they were talking about how they would be up in those planes and they would pass out. Like, yeah. just because they're going so fast. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not, like, it, as simple as it looks on screen, it takes, like, months and months and months and months of dedication to be able to do that. Yeah, like, to learn how to fly one of those jets, like, you know, sitting in there alone and taking off, it mm-hmm. takes, like, years. Like, ha- like, half a decade, if not most of a decade, you yeah. know? So the commitment to being up there, even just for a couple months and getting in that headspace and being in those shoes it's like that's a lot for an actor and it really shows their hard work shows Mm -hmm. and on top of that you're like they were getting fit for that stuff and i'm like they were also getting fit for that damn beach scene the fellas are are absolutely tossing the ball around everyone's looking real good it's just an absolute vibe uh yeah that beach scene it's just a recreation of the first movie but i don't I think when you put like a One Republic song over it and like a sepia filter, I'm just like immediately this in. En- like we said before, this entire movie is a recreation of the first movie, so. Effective recreation, but yes, you're right. Um, one thing that the first movie kind of really lacks on that I was shocked that this movie does so well is the humor. I don't feel like the first mm. movie is really funny at all. It's kind of a drama. It's got 80s humor. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I feel like the humor in this one is is so so much dad humor. The jokes in this movie are just, like, designed for 40-year-olds. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, the, you know, he's like, don't tell me that our that our engine's out. He's like, all right, I won't tell you. Just, like, shit like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so funny to hear the reaction in the theater for that stuff. And I just feel like this movie was surprisingly funny. I was really hmm. shocked with how, I like, obviously funny and kind of like a cheesy corny like 80s wink wink yeah dad humor sense but i i I did think that there was some some laughs that really really got me in in the theater for this one Mm -hmm. the dads deserve this you know this is for the dads this is for the dads this is for the middle-aged men that went and saw top gun in theaters when it first came out yeah that's what this is for yeah and it's for them to show their kids yeah Um, true yeah like i feel like everyone i've talked to has gone to see this movie with with their dad or with their parents just like with you know Someone who will tap into Top Gun. Exactly. It's a it's a grandfather movie. It's a dad movie. You know. I was uh, I was at Father's Day dinner the other day, and my grandmother goes, "Why didn't you invite me to Top Gun?" And I was like, "I didn't think you'd want to go." She's like you didn't say you're interested. And she's like, "No, I love Top Gun." And I was like, "Okay." And <laughs> where Top Gun Maverick, it's made nine hundred million dollars. It's absolutely sweeping at the box office, making so much money, and it's still killing it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, with the success of Top Gun Maverick, we have to ask ourselves, Paramount's asking themselves, where do we go from here? Do we do a spinoff? Do we do a sequel? I've already heard talks about this. Um, are you interested in more stories set in the Top Gun in the Top Gun universe, a.k.a. the military? I mean, sure, why not? Give us a movie where we actually get to like know these side characters and learn about them a bit more and grow a connection with them and then kill off a couple of them and make us feel bad and then finish it or whatever. Mm. But they could also just stop right here and I'd be perfectly fine. I, I'm not like dying to see another Top Gun movie, you know? Mm. Um, I, but I hey, agree. if they do another one where they kind of follow this new cast of characters, um, I'm down. Yeah. I'm here for it. I think, you know, I don't really know if I have much of an interest in seeing Maverick come back. I think that this yeah. movie kind of does a nice little chef's kiss to his character. It closes it off. It gives him a fantastic love interest, and it just ends on a very happy note for his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I need to see more of him, but I would love to see like a. Well, I mean, he's no longer in the the uh, 
Navy Air Force, so... That's true, yeah. So there's not really a way to bring him back. You probably won't, but... Uh, I think I would love to see, you know, like a Miles Teller and Glenn Powell uh, Rooster and Hangman movie. Mm. I think that'd be a lot of fun. You know, give me give me Bob in there. Yeah, give me Bob. Give I would... Me... Uh, I'd be all on board for it. Yeah. But I don't know if I have really many any interest in the idea of, like, seeing... Like a Top Gun prequel or a sequel, I think that kind of stuff. Top Gun prequel, <laughs> you know, Maverick in in his early years. So Top Gun. So Top Gun, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just feel like there's so much money that they've made off of this, and I feel yeah. like now they're definitely going to be in a situation where they're like, "What do we do?" I think you 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 fist pump for the huge victory that you've had this summer with yeah. Top Gun Maverick, and I think you maybe just wait before you wear out this IP. Mm-hmm. I think I think this movie did everything it needed to with uh with the top gun name you know i don't think we need more of that yeah but if we got more I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna, i'm not complaining i'm not complaining i would go i would go see it for sure yeah um i just think all in all this movie's done so many great things for the theaters yeah. that's like one thing that is like kind of my big takeaway from top gun maverick is like i've spent the better half of a year and a half on this podcast it's like every time a dope movie's come out, being like, it saved cinema. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to say that. I think I'm, I'm I'm done saying that. Cinema's been saved. Cinema's fine. Everything's good. Um, but I do think that this movie is just showing the magic of movie theaters to a lot of people again. You know, like, it, it was crazy to see how packed the theaters were for this movie. Yeah. And to see uh, how, how, how big the lineups were for the popcorn and how excited everyone was. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. It's its weird to me that my first completely full theater experience since, like, Avengers Endgame was Top Gun Maverick. Same. You know, that was the first time that everyone showed up that way for a movie in a, in a really long time. And the box office speaks to it. It's been out for, like, a month, and it's made almost a billion dollars already. That's mm-hmm. crazy stuff. So it's just, like, this is why movies, like, should exist in IMAX. Don't put Morbius in IMAX. Get that shit out of here. Uh Put this in IMAX. Put Top Gun Maverick in IMAX. Mm-hmm. I was really bummed out to see that Jurassic World Dominion booted Top Gun Maverick from IMAX after a week and a half. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way Jurassic World Dominion deserves to be on that theater screen more than uh, mm-hmm. more than Top Gun. But anyways, that's just me. I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I'm, I, I think that Top Gun just kind of did... It, it started um, the summer blockbusters... Uh, in a new, refreshing way because they've been gone for so long. Like, right. we had... Uh, when did In the Heights come out? Last summer. Last, last summer. Last July, I believe. So we had In the Heights was, like, kind of the big summer movie, but that was kind of it. I mean, there were some other ones. And it Yeah, it didn't do great, I was so right? sad about it. Yeah, box office failure. So it's very smart that uh, they held on to this movie until now and just, like, was like, this is the summer. This is the movie of the summer. And I think it will remain the movie of the summer. It's uh, neck and neck for, like, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness in this. But if we're talking, like, oh, the vibes of a summer movie... Top Gun tops Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, easily. Any day of the week. It's a better movie. It's a better summer movie. Yeah. Uh, just a better blockbuster all around. I'm pretty sure that um, Doctor Strange... I don't even know if there's, like, a scene, a single scene in that movie that's in the summer. Other than, like, the beginning. No. The end is on an icy, snowy mountain. <laughs> True. It's like, they should have released that in December. Facts. Uh, but no, I do think like you're right. Top Gun is just the the perfect movie to gather your family and just go see it. You know, like yeah. it's it's a nice nice day. Top Gun, baby. Now look, I'm gonna be honest. It's very as as 
less of a broy action movie that the it is than the compared to the first one. It's still a broy action movie. Like that is true. It is testosterone balls to the wall. There's only one other female pilot, and they just had to put her in there because they it. This movie does not pass the oh what is it the Bechtel, oh, the test, Bechtel test. Yeah, does not pass the Bechtel test. I'm sorry. I do think Jennifer Connelly as Penny though. I hadn't mentioned her name until now. I do think. You know, she is a love interest. She's she is a great love interest. She's a good character. Um, I do think that you know, the more you get to, she's not a detailed character. I don't know a lot about her. I know, but the only things I know about her is that she has a daughter and she runs a bar. And she runs a bar, yeah. And she's a boat, and that is it. And a nice car. She pulls up in a nice car at the, oh, end, of the, yeah, at right. the end of the movie. She does. Like, I, where'd you get that? Oh uh, no, nah, twenty bucks says that's Mavericks. Oh, uh, you know, it's true. He is very wealthy. Unless he, but maybe she is. Who am I to say? I don't know her. I don't know. I don't know her. I don't know her occupation. Uh, but I, I do think she's good. I think that their chemistry is sizzling. It's just like a nice summer movie. It is definitely sizzling. It sparks like an old flame. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. It is. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any closing points on, on Maverick. Oh, I got one. Mm. That fucking Lady Gaga song rules. Which one? The it's called "Hold My Hand." It's the song that ends the movie as they oh right as he yeah. and her fly off in, the, in that plane, and it's just it's a very good song. Mm-hmm. I remember prior to seeing this movie, I was like, I can't wait to hear this Lady Gaga song in an IMAX theater. And then it comes in, it's super loud and triumphant. Mm-hmm. It's soaring at the ending, and I was like, damn, nothing like it, nothing like a Lady Gaga song in an IMAX movie theater. Very true. No, but I I think in conclusion, this movie for me. How many, uh, how many, um, uh, hangmen do you give this movie? No, that's, that's a bad one. What, uh, what's a good one? How many F-18s do you give this movie out oh, of five F-18s? Like four and a half. Mm. This is, for me, actually, if you check out my letterbox, this is in my top four of the year right now. My list is looking a little, like, cha-cha real smooth at number one, everything everywhere at number two, Batman at number three, Top Gun Maverick at number four. That's uh, pretty good. I just think this is one of the, really, just one of the best movies of the year. And I don't think many people are arguing that this is just a really great movie, a really fun movie. Uh, it did everything it needed to and delivers in every regard that I think anybody wanted it to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention the incredible scene at the beginning where he flies that jet like pretty much at the fastest speed ever. An impossible speed. An impossible speed. Oh, yeah, really quickly. Not possible. I did the math. Uh, I didn't do the math. I looked this up because I wanted to know. How long it would take you to get around the world if you were going, uh, what was he going, Mach 10? Yeah, 10.5 is what he caps it at, I he think. He caps it at 10.5, which is, like, physically impossible right? Um, in real life. Uh, but it said you could get around the world in four hours. That is including landing and taking off. Wow. So, literally impossible speed. Um, when he went for that test flight, he probably went uh, a full continent away from where <laughs> yeah, he Yeah, and then he just had to, to like, fly off. back now. He had to fly back with, like, a busted engine. No, he didn't even... He, I, his plane crashed. Plane crashed, yeah. And then the, he sees that kid in the bar, and he's like, where are you from? He's like, Earth. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, no, that scene is just spectacular. And the shot of it just, like, whizzing around the Earth is just... Really great stuff. Very cool. See, had had to just mention that. But yeah, four and a half for me. Just mm. does all all the stuff that I wanted this movie to do. And I didn't really have high hopes for it. You know, I'm not a huge Top Gun guy, so mm-hmm. I think I was just kind of blown away because I didn't expect a lot. And it was, it was incredible. 
What yeah, about you, though? I fully agree. I, I also give it a four and a half. I think this movie was super fun. Um, it didn't need to be super in-depth. It didn't need to um, like be anything crazy. It was an awesome action movie that I went and I saw with my dad and had a lot of fun with. Yeah. And that's all it needed to be, and that's all it did. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, I thought it was great. And it's, yeah, it's just some really breathtaking filmmaking throughout this yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot of technically impressive stuff that, yeah. yeah. All the, a lot of the movie nerd stuff that I can just gush about. Big it's, movie nerd things. It's funny because I'm simultaneously like, it's not that deep, it's Top Gun. But then I'm also like, it saved movie theaters and the action is the best <laughs> stuff I've ever seen. So like, I don't know, I'm dramatic, but that's all just to say. Go check out this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's re- a lot of fun and I would highly recommend Oh, yeah. It was a great movie. Um, So thank you guys so much for watching this episode. If you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at the Dive In Movie Cast and our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our Letterboxd. So thank you guys once again, and we'll talk to you next time. Take my breath away.